You're listening to the Pool Boy Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Pool Boy Podcast. It's Steve here, and I've got Bob and Katie with me, and it's a little while since we've been with you on the Pool Boy Podcast. Uh, in fact, not since uh, the aftermath of the World Championships in Fukuoka. So as we come to the end of 2023, we thought we would take this opportunity just to run the rule over some of the bigger events in British swimming that have happened since uh, since we were last with you. And then uh, we have a big British team heading to Romania next week for the European Short Course Championship. So we'll take a look Uh, at what we might expect over there as well but um, coming to the end of 2023 that does of course mean we're heading well and truly into Olympic season Bob and uh, Olympic fever will start to hit us. Getting very excited by that Steve because uh, reading up with Tom Dean saying he's going for six medals next summer Uh, he's got the juices starting to go already Uh, love to see that really love to see that and uh, obviously that would make him uh, way ahead of any other swimmer that's ever been there for GB. So, you know, the rhetoric is starting up, the uh, the stakes are getting higher, and, uh, of course, trials won't be too far away. Um, we'll see the, the, the big guns and maybe some new guns coming through as well. I think there's going to be a few, maybe a few surprise names getting on that team for Paris next year. And, Katie, for the swimmers, uh, is is everything kind of overshadowed by the Olympic year coming, do you think? You know, the, the con- no everything they do is in the context of getting to Paris and then performing when they get there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I imagine it probably feels a bit um, kind of special and different this year, not only because it's an Olympic year, but um, kind of having seen how the last one was overshadowed by COVID and, you know, the struggles that everyone had getting there, um, it probably feels a lot more like there's a level playing field and far more people have a chance to really give it their all and show what they can do this year so um i agree with bob i i actually hope there's some unexpected names on the team because that's normally my favorite bit of watching trials you know kind of people who hoped they'd make it or didn't think that they'd make it at all kind of coming through and having that breakthrough so looking forward to it all right well people are starting to uh let's say put themselves uh get their preparations sorry underway um with paris in mind somebody um who made a move a couple of months ago now, but as I say, some, some just after Worlds, James Guy, who left the the Bath Performance Centre, moved back to Millfield to train with uh, Matt Richards and uh, his coach Ryan Livingston there. Um, Bob, surprised to see that move? Yeah, I was a little surprised, but I was told about it um, just after the Worlds. In fact, when I was at the World Juniors, oh, sorry, yes, the World Juniors in Israel, uh, that was all the talk. I talked to his um, former coach, Joel Fink out there and um, obviously he was getting all the lowdown as to why it happened and um, James just wanted to be in a place where he felt maybe a bit more comfortable going into what will be definitely his last Olympic Games um, having seen maybe what Matt's managed to achieve in the short time he's been there has given him the encouragement to to make the break I'm sure that the relationship I know the relationship he had with Dave uh, down there Dave McNaughty was very good but he's thinking right what do I need an extra a uh, bit of motivation, an extra little bit of zest to take me into Paris next year. And thinking, right, I've got a year to do it. Yeah, maybe to slightly change my training program for it. Um, had to do it that far out. And so far, I think it's paying dividends for him. Casey, do you think um, do you think it reflects on just the fact he's been at Bath for you know, a long time now? I mean, obviously, Bath's had great success. He's had great success while he's been there. Um, he knows Millfield. He knows Matt. 
you've seen what Matt's done. Is it just you no know, not not leaving any stone unturned, really, and not not living with regrets? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you look back at James's career so far, that, I mean, there's nothing he hasn't done. World champion, Olympic champion. You know, he's 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 kind of done it all. And I think he's not someone who wants to go out with questions over his career. So um, kind of just throwing everything at it. Um, you know, he he sounded positive about his time at Bath and time with Dave. I know, you know, Dave's a hugely respected and liked coach across the swimming community. And, and certainly he seems to still feel that based on an interview I've heard with him. But sometimes you just need a change. And it's, you know, it's you might say it's only a year, but a year is a long time, especially when you're putting yourself on the line kind of every day. Um, and you've just got to do what's right for you. And it's pretty brave to make a move in an Olympic year. But, you know, I think he knows what he's doing. So hopefully it will pay off and we'll see a, a happy and a fast James guy in Paris. What he doesn't have yet is an individual Olympic medal. Um, he should have got one as far as I'm concerned in Tokyo. I was very annoyed he didn't get a chance to do the 100 fly. Um, I know that's water under a lot of bridges since then, but um, that's one thing he doesn't have in his armory. He's got loads of relay medals. Great. And I know I got into a bit of trouble with his dad uh, for saying, I hope James Guy's legacy is not going to be a great relay swimmer because he's a great individual swimmer, but hasn't had the chance, often not because of what he's done or his decision making uh, in terms of getting an individual medal. So I hope that that will be allowed to happen. He'll be allowed to swim in an individual event. Um, after qualifying for it in Paris next year. Yeah, it's really hard to know how those decisions are being made, isn't it? Like, um, you know, is it is it that he needs someone who he feels is going to fight his corner with him to say, no, I've qualified for the 100 fly and I want to swim the 100 fly, or is that just a, is that not a discussion? Like, I don't, I don't know how it works when they get to these big events. And, you know, I think... Um, Dave McNulty definitely always has his, his swimmer's best interests at heart, but maybe he's kind of too close to the the sort of centre of British swimming to be able to say no in those moments. But, you know, I definitely don't know what I'm talking about. I don't have an in to <laughs> any of the workings of that. So it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to betray confidences on this, but I just think that he needs to get the chance to say, look, are you, can you do the programme you've got? And will that have an impact on the medley relay, which, of course, is an important thing from a GB point of view. But I don't want to see James go uh, have a chance of maybe qualifying third for a final or second for a final and then find out when uh, the, the, the list of the finalists comes out, he's been scratched. Because to me, that's unfair on him. Well, there's a long way to go before we know how that will pan out. But uh, we'll obviously keep a close eye on it and, uh, and indeed on how, how James's move plays out for him um another of our uh, sort of top men who's been um, making headlines recently adam Peaty. he had that period out of the the pool this year um went off and did some different things trained in barcelona with ben titley uh obviously took that that break to refresh mentally bob you were following him a little on the world cup yeah. tour when he made his comeback how, yeah. how did he look to you well to me over 50 he looked very good when, when he when he got into the groove um certainly by the time he got to budapest uh, i thought all the things were starting to come together all the kind of nuances of what adam Peaty does and what he can do were starting to work for him over 50 i saw that in athens um and over 100 i started to see that a bit more in budapest so i think it's very much 
work in progress. He's certainly nowhere near where he wants to be, not doing the times he wants to do. And there's a certain Chinese who's obviously keeping him at arm's length at the moment. But I thought I saw enough signs um, that he can build on what he's already got in the 50 to translate that into the 100 next year. Well, he was 59 low, Katie, uh, best time across that World Cup uh, series. Um, Chin Haiyang, as, as Bob was alluding to, won that series swimming very fast. He's obviously a massive threat and probably a favourite now for Paris as well. Um, 59.2 or, or whatever Adam posted, it's not going to be good enough for an Olympic podium. Is Do you think that there's enough time between now and, and July next year to, for him to get back down 58 low, 57 high? I think there's enough time. I don't know if all he needs is time though. Um, you know, clearly he's had a tough couple of years and, you know, it's it's great that he's got the support of Mel as his longtime coach. But, you know, you, you kind of question if, if things have been tough for a while, do you actually need a change? And that's no reflection on Mel or on that training program at all. But, I mean, I really wouldn't have been surprised if he did a sort of James Guy-esque move and said, you know, maybe I'm going to stick and train with, Bentley for a bit longer or you know just try try something else because there there have been a lot of challenges for him that he's had to cope with and sometimes a, a, a refresh is a is a really good thing um so whether sticking with what you know is the right thing to do or a change would have been better it's you know it had to go one way or the other and he's he's sticking with Mel um and I I hope that that's you know I hope that is what he needs um it's a, I, I mean, I don't think we'll see him in another Olympic cycle. I don't know if he's come out and, and said that, but um, it's it's quite a lot of time to drop, I think, um, particularly when we're used to seeing him swimming fast pretty much all the time. You know, the, the 59 looks like a bit of an effort at the moment, and it was an effort to get down there. And we used to see him, you know, 58 kind of every other day. <laughs> every time he raced, he seemed to be down in the 58s. Um, so I don't... Uh, I don't go into this Olympic year feeling the same as I have done in the last couple of Olympic years about him, but I'd very much like to be proven wrong. I see the building blocks, though. So I'm saying from the 50s is gradual progression and improvement from uh, the first one to the last one. I think there's a, a massive improvement there. 100 less so, um, but I think there's just enough to build on, and I think he has long enough to build on it, build upon it for next summer. I think as long as he's, as as Case says, as long as he's happy in himself uh, and committing because he wants to do it and not because he feels he should do it, then I think, you know, there's every opportunity he can get back. Certainly he seemed much more content um, when, you, when you listen to him after his races on that World Cup series. He seemed much more content, you know, more comfortable in his skin, if you like. Um, so uh, fingers well, crossed. The problem is he's, he's kind of, well, he may not see it like this, but he's obligated, isn't he, in a way? Because without him, that medley relay doesn't win a gold medal. I don't know if he works like that. And that is not implying that he's not a team player. I just I just think like he's, at, it maybe it is implying that he is a team player. If he's not, if he doesn't feel like he's in the right place to to give everything that he can, um, I'm, I'm not sure that he'll, he'll put himself in that position or put the team in that position. Um, I think he's, he's, he's all commitment, isn't he? And if he doesn't feel that, that he's where he needs to be for the team, um, I don't but think the best one in the world, James will be, James is our, our second choice there. Um, James might get a medal, but he's, James is not going to help us to a gold medal. No. And it's an interesting conundrum 
that the British swimming have in that in that scenario. I'm sure something I think we'll come back to um, a little bit later. But uh, fingers crossed that that Adam can uh, keep that progression going, uh, and we'll see him, you know, back to something like his best by the time trials um, roll round. Um, Adam and James were both named. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly, on the uh, the British Swimming funding list for this season, um, which was remarkably unchanged from the year before. And British Swimming have had a habit of tinkering um, with the people they've named on that on that program, but it was basically the same as last year, with uh, a few extras added to the top tier, particularly um, those who swam uh, at Worlds. Freya Colbert, Katie Shanahan, Laura Stevens um, added, moving up from the lower tiers, and, and Ollie Morgan, who was the big breakthrough. On the backstroke, um, securing a spot as well. Uh, the the name that stuck out to me, Casey, was Kathleen Dawson, who who's kept on the funding, which is quite a lot of faith shown by by British swimming. And I'm not, you know, saying that's the wrong thing to do, but it's, it's slightly uncharacteristic, I think, um, given given the some of the ruthless decisions we've seen them make in the last four or five years. Um, were you surprised to to see her there? Um- to be honest, yes. And, um, you know, I, I say this with great sympathy because she's been horribly injured and that's absolutely not her fault. And she's still going, which is incredibly admirable. But um, admirable character hasn't been rewarded often in the past by um, British swimming when looking at injured athletes. And, you know, it to me, it really smacks of throwing all their eggs in that mixed medley basket, um, desperately hoping we can repeat the success of... Um, Tokyo but um, I, I was really surprised um, it, it's just not something that you tend to see injured athletes given the benefit of the doubt and, and you know what she raced quite a lot last year um, so presumably we hope that the injury is better but she was a long way off her, her best and that's really really tough um, but it, yeah it's she's not so far been in the position of that, that we saw her in, in in Tokyo where she was so competitive um but hopefully she will get there and they know things that we don't um that suggest that she'll be back up to where she was come trials and the Olympics I see the artist formerly known as Ben Proud is now Benjamin Proud by the way that? yeah that's probably my editing skills Bob <laughs> to be honest um but yeah it's a bit like Adam there isn't it really that Kathleen's at 60 point low and we know she's a 58 point swimmer and it's just a matter of time Bob she's got to you know work yeah. her way back in well I hope so um and again in that department we don't have a lot of options and they obviously see enough in her that if she can rehabilitate and get her injury problems behind her then she's shown in the past she's capable of doing that. She hasn't got a lot of time to get there. But again, uh, what I hear about her training and what, uh, her mindset is she is more likely to do it the most. I think that one's, that's one where we probably do have some options. I mean, I, I mean, admittedly, she, at her best, she's a you know a step above the, the backups. But I think Medi Harris and Lauren Cox have shown uh, promise that they're they're a bit they're close enough to her. I think that they're they're viable alternatives. But I do completely agree that that Kathleen at her best is another level above so um, maybe it's it's less of an issue than perhaps with Adam but uh, I think they're viable alternatives for a relay but I don't think they're viable alternatives for a medal winning relay okay um and that's with no disrespect to them but a 58 0 100 back is a world away from a 59 low 100 back um and it's great that we've got a couple of people couple more ladies under a minute but it's it's 
it's a huge difference and it's the same on the breaststroke as you say you know a 5900 breaststroker is nothing like a 57 low 56 high 100 breaststroker true it's true well we will uh, we'll watch kathleen's progress towards uh, trials with interest uh, of course um someone who wasn't named onto the fun any of the funding lists was uh, fleur lewis uh distance swimmer uh training at loughborough but um she kind of um made a bit of a, a statement at uh, bucks just recently she swam the 1500 short course in a new british record of uh, 1546.15 i think yeah um only the uh well she was only the third um british swimmer to break uh 16 minutes for that what event. was becky and cook's record how long was that on the books for? so yes becky cook uh, holding the record at 1551 since 2005 mm. so uh, yeah. one that's lasted uh, 18 years um uh, and uh, and fleur taking six seconds or over six seconds off that um and now we have two exceptional youngsters in the 1500 where we've had a cupboard that's been bare for a long time in fact let's talk about it the 1500s obviously since it's been an Olympic event we've not had anybody world class or getting close to a final or indeed competing in the 1500s we now have two juniors who are uh, knocking out really good times indeed so uh, we we spoke to, to Kev Renshaw earlier in the year Bob and he was saying he you know he was doing that work to, to try and bring those those swimmers through we've now had the three of the five fastest uh, 1500 short course swimmers uh, all time in the UK in the last few weeks. Uh, Amber Keegan was 16.03 at Bucks. Obviously, Amelie Bloxage, she set a British age group record, uh, 15.56, was only the second woman ever to break 16 minutes, and then Fleur's British record. So, no, that's in- that's encouraging stuff, yeah, it Katie. Is. Yeah, it is. I'd like to see them do it um, long course. I know that's really unfair, but it, it's quite a different, um, different event. Um, I think particularly if, I think there's a lot of focus on, on, turns underwaters which can make a huge huge difference particularly over that distance but let's take our encouraging signs when we can um i've got to say because i am hugely fond of becky cook it's always sad to see her go from the (laughs) record books but we do need to move things on and um it's really great to see a new name on there so congratulations to fleur and fingers crossed for long course I remember that the likes of David Davis and Jazz Carlin, our, our distance swimmers, always said they had terrible turns anyway. So, and they managed to achieve what they achieved with terrible turns. So, um, see what they could do if they improve their turns. I'm yep. not sure that Becky Cooks were the, the strongest either. So, no, they weren't. They weren't. I think it's great that that hung around for such a long time. It just shows what a good record it was. No, and I, I thoroughly endorse your admiration of Becky Cook. She was great. <laughs> So uh, there we are. Um, I mentioned Amber Keegan there. She was in at number five. Just a bit disappointed she didn't crack 16 minutes. She'll have another go at the um, the, the British, uh, English short course. She will, but I mean, her, her eyes are really on open water. Exactly where I was going. Yeah. yeah. So she's off to Portugal uh, with the open water team for the, um, the Open Water World Cup uh, in a few days' time. Um, mainly the, the usual suspects in that team, Leah Crisp, Alice Deering, Ella Dyson, Nathan Hughes, Hector Pardo and Toby Robinson. But one name, Bob, caught my eye, the, the last member of that team, Daniel Jervis, mm. making an open water debut. I think that's a last minute bid for, uh, for the Olympics late, or though, just trying it? it? It's very late. I mean, I'm not quite sure. Is this a one-off that Dan wants to see? Maybe he wants a bit of practice. Maybe he wants a bit of training uh, in the water. I, I don't know. It, 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 I mean, 
I've got to say, December, when the water's probably at its coldest, it wouldn't be my idea of making an open water debut, quite frankly, in June or July when it's nice and warm. Uh, different situation. But he's got to be realistic when he looks at the, the times in the 1500 now in the world. You know, it, it, he's really going to have to improve massively at trials and carry it into the Olympics for him to get into that top eight. The, I mean, you know, the, the top eight is going to be again for qualification, probably 14, 45, maybe 14, 42 to make the final, you know, and so that means he's going to have to bring that British record down again to even get into the final. Yeah, I agree. That that would have to be his aim. But uh, we'll see. We'll watch with interest how he gets on in uh, in Funchal in, uh, in Portugal and um, see where that takes him. Um, right, let's move on to, to looking forward rather than uh, backwards a bit more. Um, you've got the European short course coming up there for the end of the year. Now, Britain is taking a team of 35 to that meet, which was surprisingly large. Uh, I'm not a competition that, that Britain has tended to support 2019 accepted when we were hosting um you know we haven't always given short course uh, as much uh, importance um katie you swam european short course once or twice is it uh, a bit of year-end fun or is it a competition that everyone takes quite seriously especially obviously pre-olympic year um i mean i always swam absolutely pants there because um <laughs> this like i mean it's just not a time of year that I was ever kind of race ready. Um, and I think it's not something that people are going to rest for. It's going to be, you know, a, a swimming through kind of event, I would have thought, um, just because it's Olympic year and kind of all eyes are on the trials. I mean, maybe to an extent Doha for anyone who's going to go. Um, but I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, we don't get that many opportunities to race fast short course. Um, if you're, if you're the right kind of, group you'll swim at bucks and i think a lot of people swim really fast there but that's not something that's open to everyone so i mean it's certainly something that is taken seriously the fact that they're taking a big team suggests that it's a meet that you know we're we're taking seriously and are using as an opportunity to perhaps try out some different relay lineups i think they just have four by 50 relays in um european short course but it gives different people a chance to swim together um which is not something that we get to do often um, so I think I think it'll be interesting. Um, personally, I've been missing high-level short course racing. I've been thinking back nostalgically of the ISL years. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what people can do. Um, we've got an awful lot of people who swim fast a lot of the time, to be honest. So I think it could be pretty impressive um, and good to see such a big team going with a few from the sort of uh, the, the second tier of funding, which is interesting, and a few completely unfunded um, so as a um, friend of the, the podcast, Imogen Clark, we get to see what she can do, hopefully get on the podium. That'll be really nice. Um, so yeah, it'll be good to watch. Can I have a little moan at the stage, please? You may. Um, Always. I think we should have put some more money into the world juniors. Myself. I think we should have. Uh, we had nobody there. We didn't have a single swimmer there. Um, I think that would have been a great chance for some of the young ones to get experience. Yeah, well, I think you've mentioned that that before this year already, and uh, you're obviously having 
been involved it hasn't changed your view I think a few of those young young swimmers have got a chance here uh, who might have been there and obviously the big team went to European juniors but yeah I think um, it would have been good to have a, a British team uh, in, in Israel for that meet Katie you say you, you always swam pants at uh, European short course I think in your defence in the, the Bill Sweetenham era that you swam through you probably had to swim in a Victorian woolen swimming costume or something <laughs> didn't you? I seem to remember I seem to remember being in, in heat one with a um Belarusian who's since served a drug ban who didn't have in fact I think was in the heat one because she didn't have a recent time in 100 freestyle and just sort of seeing her going the other way she was so far ahead of me so um it doesn't have particularly fond memories for me <laughs> particularly as uh I think it was hosted in Finland and there was some very questionable fish mousse that was served for most meals um, <laughs> I think you got the fish mousse did you yeah. okay <laughs> yeah. I think in your def- in your defense again the, the Belarusian you're referring to was then Olympic champion in 2016 was she not yeah no she, she was one of the ones that um I think Fran Housel looks at annoyed um about that uh that, that 53 in in rio because um, she doesn't feel like she should be there after her drugs mm. ban which i quite agree with anyway let's go. get back to uh, <laughs> the team heading to to romania um yes you mentioned imogen clark i was very happy to see her on the on the list um uh, and i think that's uh, interesting for two reasons one that they've picked her as a, as a 50 specialist but perhaps because they they are looking beyond Cara Hanlon in uh, in the context of um, what's going to happen next year for relays and what have you. Um, we spoke earlier about backups to to Adam um, and, and James in the the men's breaststroke. Now neither of them are going to to Romania. Adam is swimming in Rotterdam long course um, before that meet, along with most of the Bath Performance Centre squad, as far as I can tell, and a, a number of other swimmers from from Loughborough and wherever. Um, but um, Archie Goodburn and Greg Butler, who seem to be kind of the next cabs off the rank, Bob, they've uh, they've got the opportunity he, here to to spend some time with the British coaches and you know perhaps stake their case for for being the the next people to be considered. Yeah, so I was just checking through your sheets, and Archie's not funded, no, uh, at the moment. So and Greg's not funded either. No, not this year. No, no. So we've got two breaststrokers who are coming along now. Neither Adam or James are going to carry on beyond Harris, I'm sure. So there's going to be a massive void there. So, yeah, big opportunity, as I say, for, for them to kind of stake a claim for, for that position going forward. Um, uh, and it is a very big team. As I say, it's unusual to send such a big team. Uh, probably the majority of the Olympic team is going to come from within this group. I know, Casey, you said you were, you're always keen to see bolters coming from outside and we, we like seeing a few of those people surprised us at trials. But is it also op- an opportunity to kind of build a bit of team spirit? Um, you know, they took everyone away to, to the um, the holding camp location before Worlds last year. Um, you've got everyone together now for a, a week you know, away in Romania for a meet. Um, is building a kind of the team culture and the team spirit, if you like, just as important as the results? Yeah, I think it's really important. I think um, the more everyone is rooting for each other, you know, when you when you come to a big meet, um, the more you've got that team cohesion. I think it can just build throughout a meet. You know, you kind of ride off someone else's success. And if that person quite remote and sort of distance from you, then I, I don't think you get that that momentum in the same way so I think the more that they can build that feeling the better I I mean I'm not expecting there to be a huge number of rookies on the Olympic team I imagine there'll be a lot of people who are quite seasoned you know GB representatives um 
but that is a big group where and I agree that I think the majority of the Olympic team will come from it they haven't all been to an Olympics or Worlds before so um, I think that's got to be a huge part of it a couple of interesting names to highlight, Steve. I think Alexander Cohoon, um, who's potential, and uh, Evan Jones, potential as well. I think first GB call-ups for those two. Yeah, Alex swam really well at the um, European Under-23s, I think. Um, and I think he's probably one of that group that's hovering around uh, the 4 by one maybe uh, maybe sneaking in, in a sixth spot or something for that. Who knows next year? But yeah, great opportunity for both of them. And I think Evan, they, they, the hierarchy think he's a, an option in the 4 by 2 similarly. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Try to get well, I mean, I'm thinking maybe longer term, you know, after, yeah. as you say, we probably aren't going to have James after after Paris so someone's going to have to fill that void um, maybe he's an option going forward but yeah great opportunity for them to to get some experience and swim swim with the rest of the team um, I think I'm looking forward just to seeing uh, Matt Richards short course because he was super fast this time last year um, at English Nationals uh, and he's had a, an amazing year this year so seeing what he could do would be uh, would be quite interesting and uh, it's always great to see you know people like Tom Dean and um, uh, you know the, his ilk, you know, testing themselves, and he'll obviously Duncan. have. Uh, See what Duncan's up Why to. Duncan? Yes, of course, and they'll have uh, uh, the hometown hero, um, David Popovich, to uh, to contend with as well. So that's yeah, interesting. See be what he does fun. after yeah. a, a very lackluster year by his standards. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure he'll want to do well for his uh, for his home fans. So uh, there could be some fireworks in in the 203 as normal, um, maybe, and the hundred as well. So. Uh, should be good. Should be good. I think I'd be quite interested to see um, Katie Shanahan doing some backstroke short course because we've seen what she can do long course and, you know, she's made massive improvements in the backstroke um, over the past year. So um, I, I think I'd quite like to see maybe her get up there and be on a podium because she's really breaking through at the moment. I don't know if she will. Um, I don't think she's on backstroke at Bucks. She seemed to focus on the IM uh, there with great success. Um, but yeah, I'd just be interested to see if she can get on that podium. And good signs for Ollie Morgan on the 100, I thought, one of the World Cup events, the last one in Budapest. Yeah, and he was pretty good at, uh, at Bucks as well. So, uh, yeah, um, there'll be some uh, some interesting people to keep an eye on who, who are maybe hovering around that Olympic team uh, and who will be uh, hoping to, to make it to Paris. And so interesting to see how they, they back up those debuts um, from earlier in the year or or kind of make, uh, show themselves in their debut if that is indeed what they're doing um, on this squad um, alright I think that's a, a good time to to draw a line under things we'll perhaps be back and, and have a chat about what happens in Romania in a couple of weeks uh, when we know what's what's happened just to, to round out that meet and see see whether we get any fireworks and, and some British medals to talk about um, great as always Katie Bob to, to chat with you so thank you very much thanks, thanks Steve yeah. Um, as I say, hopefully we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, in the meantime, uh, if you want to get in contact at all, it's at Poolboy on X, as it is now, uh, at Poolboy UK on Instagram or Facebook, poolboy.co.uk forward slash contact if you want to send an email. Um, uh, and until the next time, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Poolboy Podcast. For more episodes, visit www.poolboy.co.uk slash podcast. <laughs>